Welcome to Savantine the Idiot. I'm your host, Soundsational Sense. And with me, I have a special guest and a longtime friend. His He goes by the name of Munch. Hey, what's going on, Munch? How you doing? Pretty good. How you doing, Sense? I'm nice. doing good myself. Nice to see you again after that crazy show we had a couple years ago. Yeah, that was that was wild. We did we did uh uh, uh what was it uh, Motorhead. We did Motorhead. We did a Motorhead tribute show that um, Churchill's would host every year around Christmas time. If if I'm not mistaken. Well, but pretty much, yeah. Well, I mean, normally it's played on the day that Lemmy died, which is December twenty eighth. Oh, okay. So so uh, it's not because it's Christmas. It's just because of his death date. It's, it's funny, my my buddy Avi Bernstein said to me, he's like, you know, on the 28th, like, uh, Lemmy becomes almost Jedi type because <laughs> he's being heard like all over the world. People are playing his music on that day. Yeah. You know, so it's that's like- <laughs> it, that's insane. But it's great. Yeah. That was the last show we played together. And that was crazy, too, because you you were trying to put together, you know, a band almost at the last minute because the your drummer had flaked, whoever you had the first drummer. And then and then you had um what's his name Fang was singing and he's a crazy fuck in himself. <laughs> don't don't even get me started on on Fang, but Fang was the singer. And then of course we had oh oh your boy um Nate Nate and uh, Nate monster beast on the goddamn guitar Sasquatch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's ape. what he's called the, the, the Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah, but that was the lineup and and. You guys had tried to put something together previously before you contacted me. The drummer flaked. It just wasn't working out for whatever reasons. Yeah. And then I, I signed on. And then I was like, okay, where are we going? We went to Fang's house. And that didn't quite work out. Because like I said, Fang, that guy is a ball of chaos. <laughs> it's the only way I could describe Fang. He's like all over the place. His house even looks like chaos. He's like chaos. He thinks like chaos. And 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 for some reason, it's not that I have anything personal against Fang, but for some reason, every time we we hang out and we don't like what we just clash. It's like and it's not on my end. Fang just starts like puffing out his feathers every time he's in my presence and I don't even get it. I'm like why, dude? I'm not. What have I ever done to you to make you think that you have to be like it's this dominant like competition? I don't know what it is, but it just never works. Every time we try to get together, we meet up, we try to be in certain bands and stuff like that. It always just falls apart. And you remember that night clearly. Like he went yep. outside, yep. and totally I was like, it. "Yeah, I was like, <laughs> fuck this." I threw down my drumsticks. I got on my motorcycle. I'm out of here. And then I, <laughs> then I called you later. I was like, "Hey, Munch, I, I, I'm. It's not that I don't want to do this project. It's just that I'm not going to be able to do this with Fang. If you could get another singer, I volunteer in my house for the practice space because you know I'll provide the PA and and all the stuff like that. But if if you could do that." And then you, and you thought about it too because you were right there. You witnessed the tension. It wasn't like you could blame one person or the other, but you could just see that at least I was serious. I I, I don't sit down in the middle of practice and take a coffee break, take a smoke break, a chill break, and sit down. I try just try to get to business. Play and yeah, yeah. yeah. You Which know what I mean? I can understand because, yeah, I, I think by the time you showed up, we were on crunch time. So. Yeah, it, we were. So decisions had to be made. Dude, because, like, you gave me just... two weeks to learn songs that I, I've never played before. <laughs> think of that. Yeah, and they came out pretty good, man. They, Hey, I did my best. Yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah. great. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. And then I dressed up like a fucking retard. I, I dressed up like Lemmy as best as I could. And and I'm just a drummer. I'm looking like Lemmy. And then Ray, I just give him a cowboy hat. Because that's, that's all he had. A cowboy hat and jeans. <laughs> and, and, and Ray did... Don't forget his boots. Ray did so great, though, man. And then that iconic photo out of that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's one of the best pictures I've seen ever. It was just so great, man. Uh, what shout out to the photographer? Oh, Marcelo. Salad. Yes. Yeah, yes. He, he took that awesome. Photo. He's he's a great photographer hey, and he's you know, he's a loyal dude to the scene. Yeah, actually, he came he came by not too long ago to at Kill Your Idol. 
You know, I do the the Wednesdays there. Okay. The band show up. So yeah, he, he popped up. He had a few beers. It was nice to see him. I hadn't seen him, you know, for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably pre-COVID. So last time I saw him, you know, so it was nice. Yeah, to that see makes him. sense. Yeah. Yeah, because COVID, of course, it took every the whole world out of their shit, you know, and and we're the kind of people that thrive on going out because we're playing out as musicians, and like COVID was the op the anti synthesis of everything we do. It's like, how can an artist survive if he can't get out and perform? You can't. Well, we did. Yeah. Well, well I mean, we speaking as John Denver Fight Club. Yeah. Well, that's a great. Yeah. That's and how's that going? Are, are you guys still going strong? I mean, you guys released your first um, album, I believe. What was the name of that album? Uh, a real, a real bad time. Okay, a real bad time. I a enjoyed that time. too. Actually, I downloaded it. It comes up on my playlist. Nice. And 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 I I shit you not. Sometimes it catches me off guard because I'm listening to like Soundgarden and I'm listening to Guns N' Roses and then all of a sudden you guys start coming on and I don't even realize that it's you guys. I just think it, it's like a, 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 a everyday <laughs> sign band on my playlist and I'm like, oh shit, this is John Denver Fight Club. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's how legit that shit sounds. I mean, it sounds... Then it's got high energy, man. You, I think you guys made the right choice. Every every choice you guys made when you did that album yeah. was the right one. Trust me. I, f- I forgot the name of the guy that mastered, which was uh, one of the guys from Monster Magnet, I think. And then uh, obviously Jonathan Nunez. Monster Magnet. Oh shit! Yeah, the recording was done, yeah was done by Jonathan Nunez, who you know obviously plays in Torch and does all the other bands. So yeah. This is a pretty good album, man. No, I like it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I truly do, I, and I, and I dig it. And man, it's got so much high energy, like, like that punk raw energy feel. I think that you guys, like, it, it, you guys, kind of like, not to chant or channel or throw names out there, but it did remind me of, um, uh, of uh, load, the, the energy. Oh yeah, not the oh, sound. Yeah. And of course, Ray, yeah, it's yeah. You have members of Load in that formula, so of course, and they delivered. They just still have that raw, intense energy, and you could feel it in the album. Yeah, it is actually. uh, I think Ray actually used one of Jeff's guitars. He did during the recording. It was a Jackson. He pulled. No, it's the one at the poorhouse. I think oh. it's a Fender. Oh, yeah, my bad. It, it, it's I stand corrected. <laughs> yeah, no, no, Ray. He, Ray, he Ray plays does, a Jackson. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's Ray does use, yeah, but there's a yeah. there's a Fender. It hangs in the poorhouse. If you ever walk in there, that's Jeff's guitar. We had borrowed that uh, guitar to record some of the That's fucking tracks. phenomenal. Yeah, because uh, Ray wanted to get particular yeah. sounds of that load. Yeah. You know, that particular load style, obviously, Fosto, yeah. fucking. You can't deny Fausto's drum playing. Shit. You know, like, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it sticks out. Sometimes. The first time I saw Fausto playing was at the Rock, rock Box. And a lot of people don't know about this. So it's just like now I'm going nostalgic. But way back in Cutler, Cutler Ridge, there was this dude like me that he worked construction. And then with his earnings, he would do the, his music too, because, it, you know, he couldn't make a living doing music. But through his construction, he would make his own like little notch. So he built this place called the Rock Box. He rented a warehouse in a warehouse district. Dude, all the bells and whistles. It was like, you know, the stage, the PA, everything was phenomenal. And he and he owned the Rock Box. Anyway, he would book bands to come down there. Funny, cause me and Philip ended up landing him as our singer for 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 some for some reason. You know, he saw something in us. I don't remember our, what name. I think we were going under the name of Messenger. It wasn't like when we dust to dust. No, dust to dust is when we actually put out an ad, and you you answered that ad. That's a good. Yeah, let's put a pin on the rock box. Let's let let's go back to you and I in our history. It's funny because that ad said we were looking for somebody into funk, like a funk guitar player, player that could like play, play lead and rhythm and stuff like that. And you answered the ad. And when you came and, and you did the audition, you were like totally metal. And we're like, me and Philip were looking at each other. It was like. Does he understand what funk is? 
<laughs> I don't know if you remember that. Do you do you recall that at all? No. Do you are answering the ad and you and sure it's that funk because that was it did. <laughs> Uh, dude, I, I, no, you I could call they, Philip and ask. Him. I think there were key words of the bands in there that you yes. mentioned, and I think that's what pulled me in. Okay, I don't remember the funk part. Yeah, but but I mean, perhaps. But so to speak, this is what we were already trying to do because you know us, so you know that I'm not lying or making this up. We were trying to do what System of the Down, the, the Down, what got famous that? for. The uh, we were already doing that style on our own. You know how it's like. Somebody that's just flipping channels, and yeah. you go from one style to the next, yeah. and that yeah. crazy insanity. We were trying to do that before we even heard System of the Down. So anyway. I, I think Chalk was probably more like that than Dust to Dust. Maybe, but yeah, Dust to Dust was still Chalk. in the spirit of that, you know? Oh, man, I wish I... Do, do I have that song up? I don't know if I do. Which song? I like covered a Dust to Dust, but like metal style. I don't know if I ever showed it to you. You might no, I don't. I'm I'm not aware of this. I don't know if it's online still. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's Vertigo. Vertigo. Remember Vertigo? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I, I now I sound like a retard. But but yeah, I remember so many things to do. It's like high energy things. Blah 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 blah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah yeah yeah. It's not online. It's still on the yeah. But it's still a weird song. You got to admit, it's not. It's off the beaten path. In other words, like Philip and I, when we're writing songs, we never tried to be like, we never had a, a one influence that was going to be our main influence. We're, we're going to sound like this. or We're going to sound like that. We never gave a shit about that back in the day. There's a little thing I got to tell you, though, okay. uh, when it comes to that song. So I had covered the Vertigo song from you guys, right? And I okay. made a recording out of it. And then one day at while I was at practice, I was doing another song with McFisty. Right? Okay. Somehow I ended up getting one part of the Vertigo song confused with the other song that I was trying to do because they're very similar. Similar notes. So actually, if you listen to McFisty's <laughs> Bad Motherfucker, that, that chorus, that's right, that when he starts doing his chorus part, mm. that's actually part of Vertigo in there. And you know, now... It's just been like morphed a little Munstar bit. Munstar... <laughs> Munstar confesses. I, I just didn't use that song in my own little thing. I put it in McFisty's song too. No, it's fine, dude. We're not. I don't have no big time lawyers trying to sue you. Yeah. Exactly. No. It doesn't matter. But it sure would be nice if that was the case, though. I'm gonna see you because you made so much fucking money. I'm like, dude, bring it. Let's do it, man. That would be nice. Yeah. Ah, this this is great. Go ahead, sue me, motherfucker. I, I look forward to this. I'd probably sit down with you, and be like, look, okay, so he made some money. Here's a cut. Let's just add you to the song. Whatever else we make, you get a part of it too. Okay, call it a day. And I'd be like, you know what? Sold. I'd, I'd fill in it too. Yeah. We don't. We don't know who actually had the, the parts, but you know. yeah. But but at least you're being truly honest, and that's all you can do. It's like. That's what you're admitting. Like you, you're you were like a little bit conflicted. You're like, eh, is this a part of vertical or is it not? You know, it's it just seems right for the song for John Dever Fight Club, and no, I'm using it because it sounds right. No, well, that, I, that, I don't know. I'm that putting was, words that was in McFisty. your mouth. <laughs> that was for McFisty. Oh, McFisty, my bad. Bad motherfucker. Bad motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> is that the one that I went up on stage? You guys invited me one day at uh, when you guys were live. Yeah. I don't. I think that's I want you dead. Oh, I want you dead. Oh, okay. No, that dead. was that was different. Yeah, <laughs> that was crazy because you know, oh, oh, guys, come come up here. I want you dead. <laughs> and I just went with it. <laughs> no, but you're right. That was mix. That was mixed fisty. My bad. My bad. But hey, okay. we're all bad. human. But uh, but moving along, that was when we first met. And imagine that we were we were you were a high school kid. And then you went on, like, explain this to me, like, uh, so that I can understand, because I don't think we officially talked about it. So we were in a band, Dust to Dust. We were doing our thing. You were you were our guitar player, lead guitar player, and stuff like that. All of a sudden, you drop off the band. For whatever reasons, it's not like, you know, no hard feelings. You know how it is. Uh -huh. But you disappear from the band, or not disappear, but you decide that what we're doing is not totally your thing and all of a sudden 480 pops up 
So tell me how that happened. Okay. Well, yeah. There was two sides to it. Yeah. Well, number one, there's always two sides to any I story. I didn't have a car back then, so <laughs> okay. And that, yeah, and and we were in Homestead, and you were in Miami Beach, Beach. nigga. <laughs> that's a long. That's, a, that's a, what, like forty-five to fifty minute of a drive. Oh shit! You yeah. guys would do that, and it's just you know, it got to the point where it's like, wow, like I, I just, you know, I kind of felt bad, you know, mm. like it's just, and you know, obviously, um, you had fun. But when you start to do the math, it doesn't seem worth it anymore. Because if you have other prospects or options, of course, that are more local, I agree. I I would do make the same decision. You've yeah. you've you've known me for a while. You know, I I drop bands like Bad Habits all the time, and then I and I have to have the aftermath for that. But that's what I'm saying. I understand what you're saying. It's like, yeah. oh, of course. You guys are all in Miami Beach. We're in Homestead. And for the audience that doesn't know, that's like an hour yeah. commute. Pretty you know much, what I mean? Yeah, back and forth. Yeah, exactly. And then you, if you add it, it's two hours. Yeah. Then add up the gas. It doesn't matter what environment that you're living in. Gas is always expensive. It didn't matter if it was back then or in the present time. It you know, money doesn't come out of nowhere and you have to put gas into the vehicle and travel. Yeah. So that's a good point. I never thought of it that way until you actually brought up. Yeah, so they, you were they, like, okay, it's not like I don't like hanging with these guys and playing their music, but shit, this is way out of my way. I have to travel to well, the math in that. Up. Yeah. That, that was one aspect. And okay. Then, you know, All obviously right. then, you know, after playing with you guys for a while, like, you know, at first it was a lot of fun, but yeah. then like I started to, I guess, you know, with a lot of shit that was going on back then, uh, I just wanted to get more angrier. I wanted to play harder. And yeah. you guys were, you had your sound already. Yeah, yeah, you know, we were, that, we that weren't, funk, the, yeah, you know, exactly. The and drums, like, just, like, we were pro like really progressive, but not angry. You know, right, how exactly. could we be angry when well, it's just a like, bass and drums? Yeah, you had like soul, we were more like Primus yeah, before pri before we even knew what Primus was. But the bass and drum relationship was a lot like that. It was very progressive. And then you can't blame us. All we had was each other in drums. the middle of of, of Homestead. Homestead. Exactly. And there yeah. was not everybody else was into rap, hip hop. We were like, you know, like on the outskirts we weren't we weren't people that were considered popular or cool or hip or whatever and it was funny because at homestead they had the metalheads right they did they had everybody wearing the those old school vests and jackets and all that and repping metallica when metallica right. was the shit back then and justice for all you know <laughs> type of shit well, and, if i recall around that time uh -huh. when i was with you guys uh -huh. i was really getting big into biohazard I, Metallica was like, eh, that's like softy shit. Yeah. They came out with the black album. It was like, eh, yeah, garbage. Well, garbage. But let me tell you why. Not that you don't already know this. They they adapted when, when Nirvana broke. They knew they had to do something different to survive. Because when Nirvana broke, that was like, you know, the, the, the grunge area. And they consider them grunge. I consider them punk. I don't. Yeah, that's I, I, what I always thought. You too. know, they were punk. Yeah, they reminded me a lot of this other band I used to listen to called the Hard Ons. Very similar, but Hard Ons were from Australia, and obviously Nirvana's from Seattle. That's so very, very different. Very similar, similar, similar. Yeah, it's ironic because they they labeled anything that comes out of Seattle. You know, is, if it's Soundgarden, if it's Alice in Chains, you know, if it's Nirvana. They labeled that all grunge, and they all have a distinct sound. How can you just label all of this, you know, grunge? But I get it. You ha It's a, a product in the end, and products need a name. They need a label. You need to go, this is this, this is that, you know, especially back then. Like, now we have more of open minds where we don't have to have, like, a label on this, a label of that. Uh, yeah. But you get, back then, I'm a metalhead, I'm a punk rocker. I'm a I'm a this or I'm a that. Like people needed to claim clicks, so to speak. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think one of the things also about like when I joined Dust to Dust, because I, I think one of the elements that you guys had was that you had like hip hop influence into it. So I think that was one of the things that not think it definitely yeah. <laughs> because uh, 
that's what like kind of pulled me in. I remember that time. I think like what corn was coming out, and whole new metal thing was up on the rise. Exactly. You know, had, like, you know, it, it yeah, was, it was it was, it was the fusion. Yeah, it was the of hip hop fusion era. And then they labeled that new metal. <laughs> it's insane. They always have to have a label for shit. So that ultimately, the fusion of hip hop and metal and rock elements funk elements it just got thrown in the category of new metal it was like your favorite out of all those bands in that era where did the fusion of the hip-hop and uh metal which one's your favorite to this day that Whoa. you could say like yeah jesus christ dude there's good there's a lot if you let's pick one but it's embarrassing though why because <laughs> it is I did it all for the nookie. What? The nookie. What? So you can Limp Biscuit? A... Yes. <laughs> and and it sounds so fucking cheesy. But I just like the way they co- incorporate. Yeah, it they incorporate. I can't argue with yeah. you on that. I actually I thought it's pretty badass yeah. myself. I'm not gonna lie. And and then you know that the guitarist, he's always had like some kind of gimmick going on, either with his eyes. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It was like it, it just it was just really fresh at the time for for us experiencing it, and I appreciated it, and I liked it a lot. But we could go on. We could say Trapped. You know, you could say, you know, there's so many bands that, that started doing the new metal thing, including, not excluding Korn, but oh, yeah. with, with, with Korn... He had this, like, whiny voice, like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I liked... When when you're just stepping up and you're just doing the pure rap and that's what Fred Dirks would do, Dude. you know what I mean? I think it, Korn, like, if I'm not mistaken, I think Korn is the one that signed Limp Bizkit. It might have been. I think so. It, it, legend says that Fred Dirks tattooed was a tattoo artist exactly, yeah. and then he was like tattooing Korn, you know, the all those artists, and he was like, by the way, look, check out my demo, demo tape. <laughs> Uh, that's the dream dude like we used to make demo tapes like dust to dust me philip we we threw i think the dust to dust manifest manifestation because we've been through so many guitars but we threw our demo tape up i think it was with cal that we recorded with cal and we threw it up at Lollapalooza 1990 something and mca caught it it was our demo tape and he caught it and he put it on his bass rig and he just sat it down. And I'm thinking, yes, this is it. Nope. <laughs> no, it wasn't it. But exactly. But just dreaming, man. But but you gotta do what you can do. You know what I mean? We would o- I would always try to 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 do whatever I could to try to not only be a part of the band, but promote it. And try to get the band somewhere. I've always been a mover and a shaker, all all the time. Dude, you know that that's the. <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. Like uh, in about two thousand three or so, I was like working at the Shore Club Hotel, and I shit you not, I knew what room every celebrity was staying in. I, I still to this day I'm like hoping I'm like yo bro, it's be fucking cool. Like at least I get a phone call. But I actually uh, snuck a CD under Jerry Bruckheimer's room. <laughs> so <laughs> I shoved you, it under the door. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. We're the same kind of people. We always have been. And you're a mover and a shaker. I'm not talking, but you are. You've been in this scene. Shit, if I'm honest, I I've no, I know a lot of people in the music scene, but I don't know anybody more hardworking and busy in the scene that's somebody that I know personally, like for, for a lot of years, than you. I mean, name, just off the top of your hand, name a few bands. That, that you've played bass for. I mean, not just committed to playing bass for, like they were projects that you liked, but then there's projects that you were just doing for like, um, what do you call it? Uh, 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 covers. covers. Yeah. Exactly. That's oh, you. yeah. Yeah. Oh, let me see. So oh. off the top of your head. What? Down uh, the line all the way? <laughs> yeah. Well, go okay. ahead, dude. Well, let's see. Let, we start with 480. Okay. Uh, after 480, I don't think there's anything. That's was my electronica phase. So I went totally whatever house. Yeah, you went like, electric. Yeah, I went left completely. <laughs> We're electric. Boogie, oogie, oogie. Yeah, a, <laughs> so boogie on down the road. It's it's all good. I don't know if you ever know the story, but like I had, was working for Desmond Child like right at that time when I started getting electronica music. 
I remember seeing the incident of what one of the bands was had to do in order to get signed. Okay. And I was just like, nope, I'm not doing that. I'm getting the fuck out of here. And just uh, ever since then, like, I just, I couldn't hear rock music anymore because they had, like, fucked me up so bad visually and mentally from what I saw at this motherfucker's house and witnessed. I was just like, fuck that shit. I ain't bending over for anybody to fucking get signed. <laughs> no way, dude. <laughs> so, totally, like, I totally. I agree. I totally went electronica. I'm like, I don't yeah. want to deal with that shit. I'm yeah. like, over here. Fuck you guys, you can do what you uh-huh. want. So obviously I did the electronica stuff and that was like for ninety seven till about or ninety six, I should okay. say. Okay. All right. Till about two thousand three. Mm-hmm. All right, so two thousand three I met up with Eric Harris to start doing some demos and we had a band called Natus. Um, which did pretty well, but it was only a studio band. It wasn't a live performing band. All right. So there was that and then that didn't work. <clears throat> After that, I tried auditioning for Hindsight. I don't know if you know about I it. I do. I remember Hindsight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like a second guitarist for a bit, but I never made it to the cut to play. Oh, so you were doing guitar, not bass. Yeah. That was a tough time. I had. Well, to... you started off on guitar. I, yeah. I might mention. I was still guitar back then. 2003, yeah. still okay. guitar. All right. So this is your evolution. Yeah. That's interesting, too, because I'm interested to see where you made the transition and said, okay, I'm going to switch from guitar okay. to bass. Right. So. Keep going, keep going. So uh, uh-huh. after hindsight, I had a period for a while because my son was born. Um, so it just, it was tough. It was tough at that yeah, time. Yeah, I so. can relate. So I, I took a break. Mm-hmm. And then I think about 2007, my buddy Isaac called me up and then we started the Sex Prophets. And he's the one actually responsible for me playing bass. Okay. Cause I didn't want to play bass, but he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. He's like, come and fucking play bass, bro. You got nothing better to do. What are you going to stay at home and jerk (laughs) off? Come and fucking play bass. I was like, all right. (laughs) So I showed up and it was like, Uh, it's like kind of pop punk stuff. And, and it was interesting because he actually showed me like how to do the parts. He's like, he's like, you're too guitar. He's like, yeah, you got to approach it like this. And he's like, we know. So in other words, he saw your potential and he figured he'd like, kind of initiate and mold you into a bass player I, I i'm not trying to put words in your in your mouth but i'm just trying to say like he added advice so if you're going to be playing yeah. bass do this or do that or that something like that right like right but kind of like yeah and it's weird because the story with me and him was that in in high school in rock ensemble isaac was the bass player and then for some reason he stepped down so then they threw me into the position okay and if it wasn't for that, I don't think I'd ever get over that whole fear of stage fright because I actually had to, you know, I had to play an instrument on stage and I couldn't play in front of the guitar class, dude. I'd freeze up and be like, bark, 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 bark. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about, dude. That used to happen, right? It, it happened to me when I, when I first started out, like, and not just, but it was because it's all relative, right? right. So whenever you're up in front of a crowd, whenever that happens you're faced with that for me it was like i was seven years old and i used to like beat on the table and and my parents were churchgoers they were like these bible thumper christians whatever so i I was forced to go to church yeah and and, but the thing was i would i it's like i'm adhd dude i'm like (laughs) i cannot like focus on anything there's a squirrel there's a gnat there's this but anyway so when they, but I love music. So it didn't matter that the music that they were playing wasn't my choice of music. I just like music. So when they were doing their church music, I'd be beating on the table, right? So then the, the Sunday school teacher said, well, we don't have a drummer. And it, it, this was a Phillips church, actually. I, not Phillips church, but when I, because I, we were best friends. So I would go to his church and my parents' church. It's like I was so churched out, dude. <laughs> it's crazy. So, but anyway, but yeah. So um, the Sunday school teacher says, you know, why don't you go up and play drums, you know, and stuff like that. And I don't, I don't know shit about drums, right? So the pastor's wife actually carves out drumsticks. Oh, like, boy like out of a sticks like she went out found a tree and start car- carving out these drumsticks but she had talent because they they looked like legit they didn't look like pieces of fucking shit like two twigs to play on they but by the time she was done they looked like legit drumsticks so whatever i get these drumsticks i'm supposed to go on church they're supposed to play some weird song like you know whoever knows but i I was doing like i just went by instinct but 
reluctantly. The point is that when I got up on that stage, I thought that I was ready for it, even though I was so young and I was so hyped. As soon as I got on stage, I froze. I was like, oh, yeah, it's the most it all just life. sank <laughs> in. And I couldn't move. I felt like there was a force field, and all I was trying. I was <laughs> trying to move, and I couldn't. I was like, and then tears started rolling down my eyes because I was like so <laughs> fucking great. emotional. I just, but dude, I felt retarded. Not the to power ins- broke you. Yeah, <laughs> the power broke you. <laughs> how'd you? But wait, wait, wait. So okay, <laughs> after that, like, how did you end up moving towards it and well? trying to the uh, thing was that i stuck to it i got through the crying stage i got through the froze up stage and they're just looking at me so i started doing what came as instinct i was just doing like an indian beat on the snare because i didn't know how to play bass drum i didn't know how to play cymbals i didn't know shit dude i was just you know doing what what came natural on the table so the only thing i could do was the snare and i was just just doing on the snare and that was it and then after I, it was like facing a fear for me because I had to experience that literally in front of an audience. It didn't matter that's a big stadium or whatever. It was a church full of people, and I was and I had to experience that. But what I'm trying to say is, I know exactly. The first time I performed, it was like it was a failure and a success because it gave me experience and 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 it allowed me to not take myself so seriously after that it took a little while for me to shake that stage fright but what i'm trying to say is i could relate i know exactly how that shit feels dude yeah burris was like yo i'm not putting munch on bass bro he can't even play in front of the guitar class but actually (laughs) that first show i fucking went for it man like it was like like you said baker break yeah break yeah and I had no choice. It's like, Munch, if you're going to be a fucking musician, you better go up there and fucking do it. Dude, I was so nervous and shaking, yeah. bro. I started walking around. And all of a sudden, yeah. like, they look at the video and they're like, there's only one person moving on stage. They're like, who's that, Munch? Because <laughs> yeah, I was fucking pacing. nervous, dude. Yeah, you know, pacing. going back and forth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Like nervous people Trying do. Trying to shake it off. <laughs> That's so, awesome. <laughs> so where are we? We're at Sex Profits. Yeah. Okay, so after Sex Profits, like, uh-huh. uh, that was that was awesome. That was an awesome project. Uh, we did a recording. We did it for what's it like that Sony sub label group? I forgot their fucking name, but they suck anyway. They shelved our album, so <laughs> it fuck them. Like, ah, fuck those guys. <laughs> yeah. They get no props. Fuck you. Uh, and then um, yeah, the band broke up, and I was like, man, I kind of enjoyed playing so i became a bass whore right played with whoever i fucking i could play with you know that's how yeah but you that that's what broke your teeth you were like you decided i like the space thing i think i could do it let me just oh, stick to uh, it I, I wasn't there yet i was oh. i was just bored oh okay and actually you know what happened uh during that time like i had a lawsuit one of the, the jobs i worked at so oh, I, shit. I got a settlement like around yeah 2010 or something like that so I landed into a lot of fucking cash at that time, at that time. So that's crazy. And then the sex profits had broke up. So then what I did was like, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to go on out and be a musician for a whole fucking year. Let me okay. see. I have like this leeway to like start from scratch, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously all my bills are paid. So let me start doing this and seeing like how I could actually make it. A, you had freedom a, yeah, to, 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 to give to, it a shot. Yeah, exactly. So, so wow. I, I did That's that awesome. for a full year and a half, I All think, right. you know, because like, yeah, towards the second half, it was like, it was running out. It's like, okay, let me get like, you know, it's gotta, it's gotta change now. Yeah. It didn't happen, yeah. but yeah, for a full year. So I did nothing but like play with bands and stuff and try to figure out a way to generate an income from it. But I noticed that, I didn't like doing what I did in order to generate an income. You know, I played because uh, yeah, because after, after the Sex Profits, you know, I joined a lot of cover bands. I did the uh, Nirvana tribute band. I did the uh, Smiths Morrissey tribute band. Ordinary Boys. I used, I'm the, one of the original ones. Okay, so wow. I was doing that for a while. All right. Um, and obviously with Ian Michael, we did the the Burnouts, which is a Nirvana tribute. We did some other shows too. Okay. But yeah. So you started to miss. The creativity of original bands when you were in the cover band scene? Is that what you're you're saying? I I loved covers, but Uh 
that's not my way to yeah, leave, of course. To leave the mark on the universe. It, it's awesome yeah, to make a paycheck. Yeah. It's good yeah, money. Well, he played Nirvana great. And that's all. That's on your tombstone in the end. He yeah, he was Nirvana. a great Nirvana bassist. How are you going to leave you a know, mark, man? Like no, this. exactly. Covers is the only way to truly leave a mark. Totally. So I think that's what you were thinking in the back of your mind. You were like thinking, this is great. And then you figured out you could make your money doing covers. But at the same time, how can I do covers and still make your mark or leave your mark? Exactly. You got to leave your mark. I yeah. think that's yeah. one of the things like, you know. I agree. Always, always leave your mark and, you know, at least give it a shot and say, yeah, you fucking, you tried, you know? Like, yeah. So it's, it's. Well, you're definitely doing that with, with John Dever Fight Club for real. Oh that, yeah. Actually, that's been the first band yeah. that I've been completely, totally, utterly, they can do whatever the fuck they want and yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's good. Like I know, but it's no fucking complaints. great, dude. It's like, uh, that's like, I could say whatever I want about this or that and that, but I have no. That I love John Denver Fight Club. They're, they're fucking you guys. What right. you guys did was, to me, felt like magic. I'm I'm not, yeah. not yeah. trying to like lie or blow smoke up your ass, but that's great, dude. So it took a long time to like to get travel there. up that road and yeah. you know everything that you've been through, this and that and that and that. But that that's what we are. We're the we're the common culmination of our experience. Pretty so much. you were. It, you were more experienced than you had been in the past and right. it worked it, it worked so good dude so then i started doing all this cover circuit between uh -huh. 2010 right. and 2000 i want to say 15 or something yeah about 2000 it's kind of like a blur in that era because okay it was literally you know remember i'm not working and i have money so yeah it's like getting because you and i drank because you're living off smoke. of this <laughs> This big payout that I you live, had. And I live on South Beach at the time. So, you know, it's like yeah. I'm a beach bum, literally. The I, professional. <laughs> the professional. Be beach bum. <laughs> Wake up, go, go <laughs> take my skateboard to the beach, hang out, drink a beer, come back home, take a shower. and then You were living a life, dude. <laughs> do band stuff. It was great. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was doing the whole uh, band cover stuff. And then and the guys from A Starry Night approached me and like, hey, you know, you know we're in a jam. We got a, a show. Starry Night. That's yeah. right. They're, they're yeah, like, we're in a jam. That's when you got all like fancy with like with your those big dark glasses. <laughs> you know what I mean? They look like chips glasses, but those big dark glasses, and you were you looked a little bit more classy, I should say, than your normal representation because you're a naturally a metal dude, and that's how you usually look. But with a starry night, you didn't look metal you know, you know I, what i mean i got so much shit for joining that band you have no idea bro but you know it's it's they're they're cool guys man yeah. i mean like I, I hate not that i hate to say it but like it was fun like because they're like hey we need a bass player and right. literally my first show with them was in gainesville so i played gainesville and i played orlando like that like it was one of those crazy experiences uh -huh. right. i was like oh shit you know like I, I i'm actually and it's the first time i actually traveled too Remember, okay. All these years, I never yeah. traveled outside, of, outside yeah. of Miami. It's not like you're touring, <laughs> right? You know what I mean. But it was those, you know, those weekend runs that they do, like the two yeah. days. So Friday exactly. night, play the city. So it's a short tour. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? Tour. It's like I'll be back by the weekend. I could just plug myself back in the regular life. So I get it. I get it. Go yeah. On, go so on. it was kind of yeah. cool because it's the uh. first time, like. We rented a van. We threw our shit oh, in it, shit. and we drove like yeah. three, four hours that way. I was like, "Wow, this yeah, is kind of cool. This is the tour life, <laughs> dude. That was in heaven. <laughs> I, I believe it." So, but like I said, like it came as like you know because they're in a jam. So yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, let me, let me, I'll do it. Fuck it, let's go." You know, I'm not doing anything better. So, and that's how it all started. After yeah. there was like a snowball effect because they're like, "Hey, you know, we're gonna do this show. Do you do you want to do it?" And I'm yeah. like, "Okay, cool." Mm -hmm. So we start. I did that, and yeah. then. It just, you know, it just started to pick up. and it was How, how long did you go with that? That What, what uh, kind of duration? That's got to be somewhere around 2011 or 12 till about 2018. Yeah, that, that's a pretty Yeah, it was time. a good... You guys, you ran with them for about four years, maybe? Or or more? Yeah. You, so, would you say? Like that. I would say. Yeah. I I don't know the statistics because remember that time I was a fucking mess, bro. Like, yeah, I was, we, we all were. Oh, it was, it was bad. It was so yeah. bad. All like yeah, from around 2011, 12, 13 mm -hmm. till about fifteen, I will say, mm -hmm. those years was a total disaster. It was a disaster. Like, 
you know, uh, I had actually, I, I also at that time, okay, so after, was it, is that how it worked? Was the alleged, I know the alleged was somewhere in there as well, okay. too, and that's when I had met Cody and Saul. Okay. So the original McFisty. Yeah, that's, that was so, the very inception the, of yeah. the seeds that would become McFisty. Right, which I think was around 2011, 2012, and we were just jamming then, you know, but then Brian had moved to San Francisco. And uh, Cody went through some crazy stuff at the bar. When um, doesn't Cody go through crazy <laughs> stuff? Uh, but anyway. So, yeah. So, yeah. there's that whole era that there was like, there was sort yeah. of a band, but there wasn't a band. Okay. All right. And then around 2015, that's yeah. when McFisty stepped into the picture. Okay. All right. Uh, I had room with Cody, I think, around 2013. And Mother Hell, bless his heart, he passed away. Um, sip and, out. Yeah. <laughs> or sip in. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, so that's around which was I know definitely 2013. Okay. Right. We were talking about the McFisty and trying to get all right. back together. So once, let me ask you, whose brainchild came up with the name McFisty? Cody. Okay, it figures. But he he has a different <laughs> story to it though. We were drinking. You see, like we were looking for a name, right? And yeah. The first name we had was yeah. like Hot Box. Okay. Two T's, two X's. Yeah. Because we right. rehearsed in a fucking hot box. Like, we yeah. were going there. You were just describing your environment. <laughs> yeah. And you see, like, how it all started. You know, like, on fucking Monday nights or Tuesday uh -huh. nights, the guys go bowling. Uh-huh. So, me, Cody, and Saul, or whatever guitar player we had, we would just go into a warehouse and just drink all the beer and record. And record. Like, we would try to drink as much as we can and, and until the end to see what we would come up with. Like, that's the whole yeah. goal of it all. You know? <laughs> like, the doors would trip acid. And then they were like, okay, we're going to trip acid. Let's see what concoctions come we, up. Could, we could come up. And it's just a bunch of guys getting yeah. drunk and uh playing their instruments. <laughs> that's how it started. So it was Hotbox. We had the Alleged, which was a Brian. <laughs> okay. Then we had Hotbox and right. Slash McFisty with uh -huh. Jared. And how the name came up was one night, you know, because we'd get all the beers, but sometimes there weren't PBR. So it's like, what do uh -huh. you have tonight? All right, it's going to be Mickey's. All right. I still remember it to this day. Like, Cody was, we were at the table because we were rehearsing at uh -huh. James. And Cody, like, picked up the bottle. He, like, looked at it. He's like, <laughs> you know, something about, like, a fuck you. I know he was thinking about something. Yeah. And it said Mickey's. And he's just like, McFisty. It's like, yeah. He said, yeah, I like that, McFisty. You know? And that was it. And it was like, you know, I want to punch you so bad. Word is fist, born. My fist gets a boner. History and, is born. And that's how it started. Oh, you know? goddamn. I To tell you the truth, I'm so glad that we got to discuss that. Because I always wondered. Because you know that's part of it as musicians. We have so many challenges. It's not that we have to just write songs, right. come up with great songs, come up with what genre we want to play in, you know, invent ourselves. But at the end of the day, how are we going to represent this total package? The name <laughs> is so important. You know what I mean, dude? It's like, and that's so important. It's like, and then everybody fights over the name at first. And every band, they're like, because everybody, well, they, and they start, Oh, well, what about Speakers McGruff? No, that's a, a horrible fucking name. <laughs> well, what about Symbols Chime Forever? And I, I'm making ridiculous examples, but that's right. exactly the arguments that we have when we're trying to come up with names as musicians in a room. <laughs> yeah. And there's like, and nothing ever works for anybody. We're like, no, that sucks. No, that sucks. No, that sucks. That sucks. You know what I mean? But sometimes somebody, eventually, they're fucked up enough to where they get outside of their egos and they just say something that describes the moment that they're living in. And then, well, what about blah, 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 blah. And blah, 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 blah. Yes. Dude, McFixie is trying to do a PBR sponsorship. <laughs> we were like buying so much. Dude, we should have been buying cases. Man. <laughs> like, yeah, McFistie and PBR. What Yo, else could go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, okay. uh, go along with your story. So uh, I think what? So then there's McFisty, and we had a pretty good run. That was pretty badass. Obviously, released that. That that was one of my, I will say, definitely the first time in a long time that I was like satisfied with. Okay, you know, just being, yeah, because letting it be you for felt what it is yeah. fun. It felt complete. Oh, totally took my mind off. Yeah, of shit, exactly. You know? 
Like, so we did that. And then while doing that, remember, at this time, while McFisty's happening, I'm still playing with the Starry Night. Because remember, Starry Night was like from 2012 to 2018. And it's, and it's a supplemental bill pay because you're right. still living up off the lawsuit but you're still getting supplemental pay off whatever you're doing with a starry night i i I think i remember you told me you guys went on tour like beyond like you not just oh we we, yeah yeah. we we went from what miami to new york exactly well i played france with them that's what i I remembered because you told me you went all the way to europe dude and that was epic yeah that was really fucking epic and oh man yeah and just I uh, I still I still think about those days the amazing people that I met mm-hmm. in Germany mm-hmm. and in France like it's just it's it's fucking awesome man like how can you not want to live that life bro like it's just you meeting cool people yeah. all the time and you're, you're like, like cool this places is it. You're like yeah. well, I just want it to be like this all the time <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. Yeah, the the rock star life <laughs> no it's like well, we played Wave Gothic Treffen, which is like, it's kind of like the ultra. I say rock star life, but yeah. they call everybody a rock star. If you're a rapper, you're a rock star. Everybody. The point is the successful musician. Right. You you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. You know. uh-huh. Yeah. So where are we? So you were you were explaining that you you guys toured in Europe. Which no, we didn't, shit. we didn't tour. We just played festivals. Oh, That's well, we, we played festivals. But so correct festivals. me. So to in my head, it just feels like you're a tour, on tour because I feel like if you're going from one festival to a next festival and you're in Europe, I to no, m- these, in my head, it just sounds like a tour. No, at that time, those were just weekenders because I okay, I don't think they were. Signed. You were still doing the weekend thing that you're describing. It's, it's still like yeah. taking flights on a weekend and still coming back remember, to Miami. It, it's still is coming, that what you're saying? Yeah, and it's still all coming out of pocket at that time because they. I don't think they were signed. They were signed to the German label, uh-huh. but they weren't signed to. Uh, I forgot the other thing that they're signed with now. No, but, yeah, but I get what like you're that. trying to say. It's still, it still promotional. You yeah. still weren't official, if that exactly. makes any sense. So no, still, it makes total sense. The, the point is, you know, for anybody that doesn't know, it's like bands, you can go on tour. Anybody could be an independent band. But the right. point is, an independent band still has aspirations. It's not like... I, I guess things have changed because now independent bands don't give a fuck because... With the internet, you know what I mean? But we're still describing things before the internet actually took off and went full fucking retard. Where it, right now with the internet, in, it, in a studio like this, I could do all the fucking parts, you know, produce myself, master myself, you know, publish myself through DistroKid, and that's it. In those days, that didn't exist. Mm. But n- no. no, sir, not at all. Well, not at all. Yeah. So. Yeah. So so it's the effort that you're putting in. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be worth it. If you're putting in a certain amount of work, you're expecting that work to be fruitful. It's planting seeds in the dirt and hoping they take root and start to grow. So I get that too, and and that's. But music is a fickle industry. It's so hard to. To go from that one point where you're like an underground band to all of a sudden, you're you're people consider you worthy enough to tran- that you can make that trans- transition from underground to oh these guys could go mainstream now all of a sudden you're a prospect you look like a a a goal a piece of gold or you look like a diamond in the rough and they're like oh you guys have potential you guys have what it takes to take it all the way and that's what bands do but a a starry night did they ever do that uh yeah they're they're doing without they're doing great okay so here comes like my departure from them because okay that that's okay so i i I had learned a lot from the starry night guys now okay now don't get me wrong one of the key factors that i enjoyed about them is like learning some of the stuff that they were doing because nobody else at the time was doing it all right so i kind of got a little bit of insight and i you know hate to say it i was like you know, I kind of want to do this with my buddies. You know, I want to do it with Saul. I want to do it with Cody. <laughs> we had Kevin at the time. Yeah. 
We just got low fat as well too, and I figured these group of guys should be like the perfect low fat. Shout out, <laughs> low fat. We love you, nigga. <laughs> yeah, but no, you know, but, like we, yeah, we could have been like, uh, you know, it would have been fun to take all these guys because wow. I saw like what I was doing with them, the uh-huh. sorry guys, and I'm like, my boys is like, come on, bro, let's these these are my yeah. buds, my drinking buds. Let's, yeah, exactly. Let's go do the same shit. Let's go have fun. So you you, you figured you take whatever you learned from that experience and apply it to well, it, it was at the time because not not only was I doing McFisty as well, but now I had once I had dropped the Starry Night, I also picked up Fight to Death. I, I was doing three at the time. And fight to death was like gunning. They're like, let's well, go. I know. Diego and fucking, I recorded oh, one, uh, two of their songs in this very place I when did. I thought I was ready to do it. You know, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I, I did. don't even remember that. Well, that's how crazy shit was. Dude, getting. <laughs> I'll play you the songs. It's not fucking bad to tell you. It's not yeah. great, but it's not fucking bad. <laughs> I'd say it's not great on my end because I, because how that happened was I was recording myself in the genre of hip-hop. And I showed you a few songs right. that I was doing in my studio right. for hip-hop. And I and then I, I had delusions of grandeur. I was like, dude, I could record any band in this motherfucker. And you were like, okay. You were like, okay. So let's bring in uh, a fight club. You know what I mean? No, uh, fight to death. Fight to the death. Fight club. You notice how there's always like this fight within it? There's fist. (laughs) There's always violence involved. It seems like it's a progression. Very tense. There's a lot of tension there. But uh, but McFisty, fight to death. John Denver, fight club. What's next? Oh, Monstroyer Death Cult. It's the end. Yeah. Oh, I remember that name too. That's a good thing. What'd you do under that? That what genre of uh, or or closest when when you did Mon, um, Australia Death Club? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's, How would you describe it? And your best words? I mean, I mean, metal. Yeah. Okay. It's that's totally metal. Well, that doesn't blues, surprise me. Blue. It's it's combination of like, I guess like like you know it's so. But it, metal is your roots. If we're honest, like I said, from the very first time that we encountered each other. And you answered the ad, and we put it out for funk and this and that and that. We was like, this nigga's metal as fuck. Thrash metal. Yeah, exactly. Metal, You've like, always mm-hmm. been that way. So that was that's your default. Not to say that you can't appreciate any other music because you, you went into house and all that. I've done house, and, I've done hip-hop, and, I've done drum and bass. And who, who doesn't trance. come from South Florida is not exposed to every sort of music genre, totally you, yeah, exactly and how could we not be influenced by it because it's just everywhere it's everywhere it's, it's, it's everywhere yeah, it's you know that's how we grew up man <laughs> exactly like, yes like, yes like, that's food. exactly what i'm saying get it girl but yeah that's exa- i will say though my favorite miami artist i know a lot of people hate him all right i think he's the king i don't give a fuck what anybody sells Pitbull. Pitbull is king. Dolly. Yeah. He's his king, man. That nigga's a badass. Yeah. I admit it. I admit it. I won't what even it? argue it. I still remember it. Like, and like, he's oh. not even in music anymore, dude. He he became an official businessman and and conservative folk person. Oh, he's <laughs> Let's not get into his politics. But anyway, he's like, you know what? And he was like trying to say, you know, there's, there's this left that didn't exist when we were young but it cultivated and who who knows who cultivated that i'm not going to put names to it i do have names but i'm not going to put names to it but then they're right like we're musicians we didn't give a sh- fucking shit about politics no. but in the end it comes down to it it does it, it does and pitbull that he went full hard when he was speaking out on that, he was like speaking so much. I don't know if you know the interview that I'm talking about, but he's trying to say, he's trying to say, like, I, I, I don't understand what's going on right now. Like in Cuba, they don't understand what it is and like my ancestors. But then he's like, in America, you give me a little sliver, you know, you catching on this and, I, and, and I'll grab on it. Meaning that if at least in America, if you see an opportunity 
and you can have the wisdom to grasp it and make it work for you, you can make it into something. You can make it work, yeah. And that's, and that's why I agree. He's the king of Miami subs right now. I think that motherfucker... Oh, yeah, he does. I think yeah. he does. He's part owner. He's <laughs> that's definitely what, part owner. This is what I'm saying to you. And I'm agreeing with you wholeheartedly. But I love his music, though. Yeah. I mean, just it, it's just... To me, like, you know, I mean, it's not like... Okay, so it, it was just kind of like yesterday. I was hanging out with, like, uh, mm-hmm. Kamal. And he was working All at Mickey right. Beach. And I still remember hearing that track, I Know You Want Me, without... Before he... Had put vocals on it. Okay, before he it. put his stuff on it. It used to play, and it, it used to be the blow-up track. Okay, I still right. remember it like yesterday. And every time, every every Sunday, I would be there in the VIP hanging out with Kamal, uh-huh. and the song would come on, and you look yeah. at the dance floor, and the people were going off. It's bumping. Live. And, <laughs> and he kept he kept the track compl- almost the same. The only thing is he dropped his vocals on it to give it even more hype. Yeah. And it fucking worked, because that's just that's a Miami track. That is Miami to a T, you know. You it went is. to the shore it club, any is. high-end club, that song would be playing, and he put his vocals That's on the uniqueness the about yeah. us and, <laughs> you know, down in the dirty south. That's the bottom end of South Florida. We have a bizarre culture that a lot of times people wouldn't understand. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, of course, the New Yorkers would move down in the early 80s, and they would do their hip hop influence or whatever, but but there's so many influences, you know, bachata, you know, fucking, you name it, you know, uh, any kind of music, and that's crazy too because South Florida is Latin, so a lot of yeah. times the clubs are Latin clubs, Latin this, Latin that, and that. So even though we can like you know be born into that, but the same time is that. The, the 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 connection is the rock liking the guitar yeah. and, and and the groove of the guitar and stuff like that that kind of contradicts the party atmosphere of Miami but it it does but it's not it doesn't have to be that way you know what I mean it's it, it just works it, it. and in a retarded way it fucking works it, dude it, it does work, it always yeah. has. So where are we? Okay, you, so. you were you're going down the line in your history and right, in so your bands. We're still with uh, let me see. We're with fight to death. We're at McFisty. Mm-hmm. I just dropped Starry. Uh, let's see. We're going forward with McFisty. We're going forward with fight to death. They both do not great and fall apart. So I'm left with nothing. And I think when I'm left with nothing, I started to jam with these guys called Ecstatic Age. Okay, cover band. So I jammed with them for a while, like Amy and Doug. Doug brought me in. So I did that for a bit. And then obviously after that, John Denver Fight Club came into the picture. So and that happened 2020, right when COVID hit in Ah. May of 2020. There was nothing to do, but we had a rehearsal spot with some people. So we would rehearse. We'd go in and rehearse two, three times a week with John. So name the players. Name the whole lineup of who Mick. Uh, not McFisty, my bad. <laughs> John Dever. John Dever. Name the lineup of John Dever. So you have Tim, who's vocals from Armageddon Man. And he's a beast, dude. Like, the way he screams is so awesome. <sighs> it's like, <laughs> I was like, damn, dude, this motherfucker. We have Ray Souza on guitar okay. from Load and yeah. uh, Confuses Ever. Uh, Grass Patch, I think. Ray's got a whole roster of fucking bands, too. And then obviously there's Load. Uh, Fosto Fosto load On the drums Fosto load On <laughs> drums And he's done a shitload Of things too as well Of course Jesus Christ Everyone knows him as load Yeah and Yeah that's pretty much The players Yeah Great and, bunch of guys Fucking awesome And you guys are doing Fucking phenomenal shit So Yeah the record's out now So I was gonna say The second one no, the first one. Oh, uh, we, the first one the is. The vinyls are out. The vinyls are out. Okay, That's so you should say that. Oh, okay. it's been up for a while. Because your record digitally has been available. Right, yeah. So now we're talking about the vinyl. Now the vinyls okay. are finally out. Because okay. Because we had to wait because yeah. of COVID. They finally All right. came out. All right, so what is the size of the vinyl? You know how you have the traditional. I don't know. It's the big one, man, with all the songs. Yeah. Well, that's that. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, yeah, I know I'm a DJ. Whatever. I forgot that shit. You know, come on. No, I'm trying to put you on the spot, dude. I couldn't even assume. I was like the 33 or the 45. But if I'm honest with you, I don't know. I don't know which one assigns to which. I don't know if 33 is assigned to the big record or 45 to the little. It's got to be the coolest beer can I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> freedom. <laughs> it says freedom. Let it ring. Yeah. It's genuine. Yeah. Dude, that's so badass. This is fucking. We Bud- might need to take a picture of that. Budweiser. Yeah, it, that definitely serves a picture. That's fucking. Hell to the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So I think that's it. I do, too. I think, I think we did a. But I mean, we, we exhausted our history. Yeah. With each other and your own history with all the bands that you've played with. So um I'm I, I, I gotta ask you, man, uh what's what's in the horizons? What do you have something planned with your bands or do you know of bands that have something planned? I mean now uh, now's the time to <laughs> not really uh, <laughs> to speak or forever hold your peace. Not really. I think <laughs> I think after the the Motorhead tribute, I'm probably just gonna I'll probably call it a day. And I only I think I'll probably only do stuff for John Denver Fight Club. Okay, so um, wait a minute, are you guys well, are doing it, a it, Motorhead it, tribute again? Yeah, I, yeah, I am. I'm doing the last one. This okay. one's for me. Where's it at? Uh, Kill your idol. Kill your idol. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna do that. Okay, good shit. Uh, that actually that particular show will determine mm-hmm. if I keep going or call it a day. Uh, I'm trying. I'm doing an experiment with that show. All right. So, I'm trying to see how it does. If it mm-hmm. goes great, um, and it works like how it's supposed to, and how my boss said it mm-hmm. should work, I, I I work with somebody right now, and they're telling me to try something because, uh, you know, to to give it like a yeah. test to see if it works and to yeah. see like. I mean, you got that's all life is about. You got to see what works and what doesn't. Yeah. So you know, it, it, it's a it's a major experiment. Okay, and then, I like that. And then, depending how it goes, if uh-huh. it goes great and there's no issues whatsoever, obviously, because it's like it's almost like setting up a business kind of. Mm-hmm. If everything goes good, then maybe I'll continue doing Monstroy Death Cult, uh, John Denver Fight Club. Um, unless they do stuff, you know, I I probably just won't be doing anything besides that. Cool. You know, I'm kidding. Not cool. Not to say cool and inadvertently. Yeah, but like, you know, it's just... Uh, but if you ever feel like collaborating with me, my door's always open. <laughs> I know I'm the weirdo. Well, no, I mean... No one ever wants to collaborate well, what, with sensational sense. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but one of the reasons why is like I, I recently got into some video work, so uh-huh. um, I kind of enjoy doing the video work a bit. You know, it's, it's, All right. it's fun. Um, and sure, I have uh, really great teachers. Like, you're like 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 freak because freak is getting into the like the yeah I'm movie a, industry i'm it, in a total different department. that's different yeah so when you say video you're talking music videos you're not talking about like movies, movies Actually, and stuff uh no well i mean it'd probably be skits and stuff you know so yeah so i'm kind of like learning that okay uh, that's cool and that's why like on the band when you I'll say learning it or learning it from the recording side or learning it from the participant participation side oh recording side okay it's recording side yeah but you've always been an engineer yeah so and that that goes with no uh, and shout outs to you munch i mean because you sought me out when when you know you know we've been doing this for years but when i was doing radar o'reilly you know and and you heard of that you're like yeah and you were running that show the mess tv yeah exactly the mess tv yeah and you you called me up you were like dude so that radar o'reilly yeah so right so now obviously the times have changed and Uh it was like a little different yeah these days i really want to do the same concept but you know like better looking you know these are yeah presentable more modern so to speak and the other side of it is uh mosh pit i want to record mosh pits um, i like the participants it's kind of like well you've seen you, how you, i go into mosh pit you know like back in, what was that show that came do on? you see, you remember that picture that michelle took of me well, i look yeah. like a goddamn bull <laughs> i love that picture you, you dude. remember back like when we were kids they had, yeah. that, they had that tv show that came on at five o'clock 
that Adrian Smed guy used to host and people used to dance. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then they'd have artists yeah. come on and sing. So, right? like, so the mosh pit what was version it of that. Is it solid gold? Was it solid gold? Is that what it's called? If I would tell you and commit to it, I, I, might, I would just be a poser. I'd be lying. But I want to say solid gold. Okay. I want to say it so, because I don't have anything coming to mind to say that it's not solid gold. You get what I'm trying to right. say? So, so, yeah. So just imagine a metal uh, okay. mosh pit version of solid gold. Okay. That's genius, that, that's, dude. that's what I'm trying to work on. Right. And you know, like on solid Hell gold, they, the showed fuck, a, yeah. they showed a good dancers. Well, what we're going to do is a guy that takes the best the stage craziest guys, fucking mosh. That would have been me. No, I'm not. I'm not blowing smoke up my own ass, but but you get it. You would see some crazy motherfucker chugging along. But yeah, you know? you know. But like you know, like setting the shit up. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a club with a TV. Obviously, yeah. it's called you know whatever. Whatever they what called. We'll have bands yeah. that give it all play. Yeah. Mosh pit music. You yeah. know, it's just. If you're going to play, you have a pit. Yeah, come on. Munch's Mosh Pit. But That's the, what the, the name of it is. <laughs> Munch's Mosh Pit. And then you have the bands, and then you have the moshers. Hell, fuck yeah. It's glorious, dude. And, and you know what's <laughs> I love aw- it. awesome? Like, so, uh, you know, like when you have those security cameras like, uh-huh. at the office, and you know, have, they have all the screens. Yeah, yeah. So it would come up like that, and then you could choose what cameras you want to watch <laughs> from inside of the club. Yeah. You can see who's kicking whose ass. <laughs> It'd be awesome. Be like, yo, you, oh, yeah, did you see glorious. that? So, so at the end, did right? Did you see that, that bow? Did you see that nigga hit the floor? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, 